0: Welcome in to this edition of the Locked On Sabres podcast. What's up? My name is Joe DiBiase, and uh, yeah, things are going well. Uh, it's fun to talk about this team right now. I'm glad to be starting up this podcast in the past couple weeks while they're off, the Sabres are off to a hot start, so it's been fun. They beat the Dallas Stars this afternoon, I'm recording this on Monday night, by a score of 4 to nothing. another dominant victory, their third, I would say, of the season. Um, they've got five wins, but I would say three of them have been pretty dominant and tonight I would throw into that class you know they didn't run over Dallas in terms of expected goals for puck possession shot attempts as much as they did against Pittsburgh and New Jersey to start off the season but a great performance um, not not a lot of high danger scoring chances for Dallas on Carter Hutton he had a 25 safe shutout I thought he played great but did he really have to was when was his big save his big save. I, I was at WGR five fifty uh, sports radio today for for the game, and we're looking for like a big save highlight. I'm like, he didn't really have any big big saves. Like he he was solid all night, obviously with a shutout. But when was he really forced into an insanely good save? So Hutton with a twenty five save shutout, a good performance from him. The Sabers are now flat. Fi- excuse me, five zero and one on the season. That is first in the NHL in points with eleven and here we go. we're back first place in the NHL. I do want to say though that you know we'll talk I want to talk about this a lot a little bit later in the podcast but it's it's hard to not have last year in the back of your head every time you're thinking about this team right now and I think that's stopping me and stopping a lot of Sabre fans from going all in on the Sabres right now, but we'll get to that in a second. Trending up in this game for Sabres and Stars, Carter Hutton in the goaltending. The goaltending's been fabulous for the Sabres so far this season. Um, they, they save percentage-wise, they're near the top of the league. Allmark's played great. Allmark's to me, has played better than Hutton. I argued on the last podcast that he should be the starter, but Hutton's played great too, and uh, he continued that tonight with a shutout. And he's played really good. He gives you that added aspect, obviously, of handling the puck. And I do like that out of him. Um, I wish Olmark was a little bit better at that, because I think Hutton on the power play is, uh, is like an added weapon back there that can get the play going a little bit quicker. So... I'll say this, I'll say that the Sabres have two goaltenders right now that are playing really well, and I'm not sure it really even matters who is the starter, because at this moment, they're both playing, uh, they're both playing tremendous. Allmark on the season, a 931 save percentage with tonight's victory, Hutton's over 915, which is about average in the league, so Hutton's playing above average, and Allmark's playing well above average so far this season, so... The goaltending is trending up for the Sabers. Marcus Johansson is trending up for the Sabers. Um, the guy keeps providing offense. He's got five points on the season now. He's doing his job as a puck carrier, but now he like he's finishing. That's not really his his thing. Like he's not a sniper or anything. But two really nice shots in the past couple games. Um, the overtime winner against Montreal. One times it right into the net on on over on the on the power play four on three. Good shot there. And against the stars, I mean, just a bomb from the point. I, I didn't really think he had that in him. You, it happens, though. You know, like some guys that are known for their shot can have big shots. I think back of he kind of reminds me of Tim Connolly in this way. Connolly was thought of as a playmaker, as a dangler, right? But Connolly would play the point on the power play and he would rip him. Like he had a big shot. And maybe I didn't think of Johansson having a big shot because he's better at some other things. But I think he proved tonight, like he's he's got a cannon. So he's playing great. That second line had a great game. Um even Vladimir Spotkin made an offensive play. Like a great offensive pass to Jeff Skinner. So that line is going really well. So Marcus Johansson's kind of been the engine, I think, in the middle that's that's helped run it. And uh, he's trending up for me for sure. Five points in six games is exactly what the Sabres would have wanted when they signed him in the offseason. Victor Olofsson is trending up. Now, I'll, some offensive production, five on five today. He scores another power play goal. Olofsson sets the NHL record for... Starting your career in power play goals, he's the first player ever to score his first seven goals in this in the NHL, all on the power play. He's up to five on the season, five, five goals in six games. This guy's on a ridiculous pace. I remember when I did the Sabers over unders before the season started. I said I said Olafson's number at eighteen and a half goals. He is going to blow by that for sure if he keeps up this pace. So Victor Olofsson is also trending up. A couple players that are trending down, it's really just that one line. Middlestat, V.C., Rodriguez. Evan Rodriguez, Jimmy V.C., Casey Middlestat. They're my three trending down players. They're just not averaging a lot of ice time. They they got a little bit more opportunity against Dallas because the game got away from Dallas, and um, I think that line got a little bit of added ice time because of that. Man, they they just can't do anything. They can't provide any offense. I, I don't get it. Middlestat is just... He kind of gets lost in the neutral zone, and VC's not really providing all that much, and Rodriguez looks lost. I, I don't know what's going on with that line. That that trio is certainly not working, but the thing is you don't really want to mess up any of the other lines, so I think they're kind of stuck right now. That's why I would hope at some point, even though he had a good game today, that they would try to move Sabatka off of that skinner Johansson line, throw Rodriguez on there, throw VC on his offside up there, and not only do I think you're adding offense to the Johansson Skinner line, but I think you're also maybe gonna provide a spark for that middle stat line, hopefully. I mean you gotta try something. And by the way, Sabat got a great game. But let's not act he's gonna be like he's gonna be doing this consistently providing offense for that line. There was a reason that coming into the Dallas game, Johansson had four points in five games. Skinner had four points in five games. And Sabotka had zero points in five games. He was not contributing offensively to that line at all. He made one great pass. Sure, he did. That does not mean he's earned his right to be on that line. I think that he should not be on that line. Uh, but for the time being, he's on it. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. So I guess we'll just have to live with it as Sabre fans. Um yeah, that's really, that's it. For trending up, trending down, that's, that's about it. Everybody else, you know, some good games. You look at the box score, Jack Eichel with another two assists. He's up to nine points on the season. Johansson with a goal. Uh, Victor Olsson with a goal and an assist. A great assist. I didn't mention this in trending up, trending down. Um, the backhand pass to, or to Reinhardt in the high slot, perfect. Right on the tape, he understands the spacing. He understands that Eichel is driving to the net. He sees Reinhardt and makes the pass, actually, before he's open. He almost throws him open like a quarterback in the NFL. So, Reinhardt camps right in the high slot. Good read by him, and uh, good shot by Reinhardt, too. That's that's one thing that he's obviously improved on over his career, not only carrying the puck, which he's gotten better at, and creating, generating chances for himself, but also his shot has gotten a lot better, and he proved that tonight with, uh, with a shot right between the wickets of uh, Ben Bishop when he went five-hole. So, Jake, oh, defense, I should go through to the defenseman. Uh, Rasmus Dalin with another assist. Um, the guys is piling up points. They're all like just passes to Olsson on the power play, but love it. It's going great. Yoki Haru with an assist. It's his first point as a Buffalo Sabre. I think he earned that because he's played great all season. Jake McCabe with an assist. Rasmus Ristolainen Rasmus with an assist. McCabe and Ristolainen, the only players on the team to go over 20 minutes. Um, yeah, everything was pretty balanced ice time-wise. Darlene only plays 19 minutes, but fine, whatever. He plays the same amount as Colin Miller. He only plays a little bit less than Jake McCabe and Ristolein. And Scandella, 17 minutes. Scandella's played great, really. He, he's come along. He had a good game against Dallas, and there's a the one, the most subtle play ever that is just exhibit A of how far Marco Scandella has come from last season to this season. He is skating around from behind his own net. He looks up the wall. Last season, 99 times out of 100, he is slinging that puck up the wall, just chipping it out and most of the time it's going to end up in the in the other team's hands. He's deferring to Henry Yokiharyu. He's deferring to him even though Yokiharyu is the rookie and Scandell is the veteran. He's deferring to him. That play, he comes around behind the net, like I said a lot of times, he probably wings it up the boards. Nope. Not this year. Scandella, little drop pass, little backhand drop pass behind the net to a wide-open Yoki Haryu who makes a great tape-to-tape two-line tape tape two pass to Zemkis-Giergensen's right on the tape. He understands, I think, that Yoki Haryu is a better passer than him, and he's getting it in his hands. He's almost like a setup man for Yoki Haru in his own end, and I think that pairing has played tremendous. I would not change that even when guys like Montour and Pilot come back. Scandella has earned his right to be in the top six as of now, even though going into the year, and really up until a few games ago, he still would have been the guy I would have preferred to have, not in the top six when everyone's healthy, but he has earned it. Him and Yoki Haru has to be a pair going forward, at least while they're playing like this. Um... I'm going to take a timeout here. I want to get into kind of the longer-term picture of the Sabres. You look at the comparison to last year to this year. Everyone's thinking it. You're, you're listening to this right now. Everybody is thinking. You're thinking about last year. It's in the back of your head. It has to be. That 10-game win streak. They were first place in November and even to the beginning of December maybe, and they just didn't even come close to the playoffs. So that's in the back of everybody's head. But I there's reasons to th- think that it – shouldn 't be that this team should make us forget about last season we'll get to that after a break but before I take a break, I want to tell you about vivid seats online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans live entertainment with experiences that will last a lifetime you 're going to a Sabre game you 're looking to go to a bills game go to vivid seats see what they got they got the prices all laid out there it's really user friendly I use it for the bills a lot I used to use it for the bills a lot too um, they got their reward statuses. You can rewards loyalty program. You're automatically enrolled when you download the app. Status is ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer. Customers can earn up from, from 10% up to 16% credit on all of their purchases. So go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in Vivid Seats reward loyalty program. They'll enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of Vivid Seats rewards. And all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Again, Vivid Seats, go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. I'm going to be recording another one probably tomorrow afternoon to tomorrow night. So if you're looking for the next podcast, it should be up uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow being Tuesday. So I guess if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, tonight. Um, The Sabres and their long-term outlook for this season, I still would not project them. to. If you made me bet right now whether they're going to make the playoffs or not, my bet would still be no. It's not as much about the team as it is about how tough it's going to be for them to get in because of their competition. This division right now is as tough as it gets. It really is. Toronto, Boston, Tampa, to me, are arguably the three best teams in the entire league, and they're all in the same division. That is three playoff spots you can't even think about. You just can't. Every year, the Sabres walk into a season, they have five spots available to them in the playoffs. Three three division spots and two wild card spots. Three of them but they're engraved. They're signed in ink. You are not getting a playoffs. I cannot see Boston missing, cannot see Toronto missing, cannot see Tampa missing. I wouldn't even think about it. So now you're left fighting for two spots. That's tough. You're left fighting for two spots, and that's with a Florida team out there that I think has a better roster than the Sabres, certainly has a better goaltender than the Sabres have. You have a Montreal team that has a goaltender that can get them to the playoffs by himself, although I will say the rest of the roster, I do like the Sabres more right now than Montreal. Um, Philly looks good to start the season. You've got the Islanders from last year. There's not a ton of teams competing with you in the wild card, but it makes it so much tougher when you've only got two spots. The one thing going well for the Sabres right now, I think, is that New Jersey looks like trash. I mean, they're 0-4-2. They have two points in six games, and that was a team that was worried about coming into the year. They added Subban. Jack Hughes looked at NHL each other ready right off the bat. He's had some struggles early on. Um, they just haven't got the goaltending. Corey Schneider was banged up. They have not had the goaltending. Mackenzie Blackwood, despite being a highly picked goalie a couple years ago, hasn't given them anything. And then, you know, you've got Ottawa, who's not a threat. Columbus hasn't looked that good this year. The Rangers have looked okay. They might be an interesting one. I wonder if they'll be competing for a playoff spot. They weren't last year. And then you've got the other teams that I mentioned. So, Detroit. Detroit has six points in five games, but I don't think they're going to keep that up. So, it's not that even the Sabers aren't better than all of those teams. It's just that there's a lot of them, and you're only fighting for two spots because you're not get like I said you're not getting a spot from Toronto, Boston, or Tampa. So that would be the biggest reason that I think I would not pick them to make the playoffs right now. But that isn't even really the question. The question should be how hesitant should everybody be right now to go all in on this team and saying that they're really good because they look different. They really do, but I completely understand why anybody, including I do, I'm doing the same thing right now, why anybody would think about last year and that holding you back from just automatically saying the Sabers are a good team right now because we thought they were a good team last year and they were not. They weren't. But I think this year is different. Last year, that 10-game win streak, it was just all one-goal games. It was all shootout victories, overtime victories. They were all super tight games. And that can be a sign that things might be a little bit fluky in that stretch. This year, they half their games, they have run over the opponent. Half of them. Dallas, New Jersey, Pittsburgh. Run them over. And Pittsburgh's no slouch. Neither is, to me, um, Dallas. So, they've got five wins. Three of them, they were tremendous. The other two, I thought they were playing better hockey teams. Um... Mostly because of the goaltending affecting that. But with the Sabres goaltending, if you see it, if the Sabres goaltending is playing up to snuff with the Carey Prices and the Bobrovskis of the world, which I can't, I wouldn't bank on that happening all season. But when it is happening, this team can beat those teams. And you might even pick them too. They did it twice. So that's happening. They're beating teams by more goals more often. The blue line is different. It really is. Stylistically, they are different. The coaching staff, Ralph Krueger has them playing different, so they have a different style of play. It is faster. It is more pressure. They are more um, – they have an actual system in their own end instead of just Housley saying, yeah, just figure it out. They didn't really look like they had a plan in their own end. Now it looks like that every time they have the puck, they know what they're supposed to do to get it out and get it out cleanly. Kruger has them doing that. And, again, like I said, they're playing fast. They're playing skilled and – the blue line and its improvement I think is a big difference. Montour is not even here yet he's gonna he's gonna inflate this or he's gonna he's gonna amplify this but Yoki Haryu's ability to pass the puck Miller's ability to pass the puck once pilot comes back his ability to pass the puck and Dalenen of course his ability to pass the puck everything moves smoother. think back to the tank teams and then the teams that Murray built Tim Murray built right after they tanked. Those teams were slow, and they were slow skating, but they looked even slower than they were because their defensemen, like Franzen and like Georges, And, like, Andre Benoit, I don't know who was playing here, Ristolainen, of course. Those guys were not great at making tape-to-tape passes. So every time a forward was having a pass made to him, a lot of times it was in his skates or it was behind him. When that happens, you have to stop, and you lose all of your speed, you lose all of your momentum. So not only are the Sabres a faster team than they used to be, but they look faster and they play faster just on that one skill that they have that they didn't used to have, which is just making easy Breakout passes out of your own end They're doing that To a tremendous clip right now And if that keeps up Then I'm going to really be believing that this thing is for real I'm not sold that itself is going to keep up But if it does Then this is a legit team This really is Another thing that's different than last year The stale players And by stale players I mean like coming into the year Who are you sick of? Larson, Giergensen, Sabatka Scandella, Oposo. We were all sick of these guys. They're playing great. I don't think Sabatka's playing great. I I still think, even though he had a good game against Dallas, that's one out of six I think he's played well. Scandella has played great in almost every game. He had the one bad game in Columbus, and I think that's about it for him. Otherwise, he's been really good. Um, The oposo Larson giergensis line, the Log line, they haven't had a bad game yet. They are one of the best lines in hockey in terms of possession. They really are, and they were doing that to some extent last year—not to this level—but they were doing that to some extent last year, where they would just hold the puck and hold the puck, and that's exactly what you want a shutdown line like that to do. Because honestly, the offensive lines that get matched up against the log line chase them around in the offensive in the Sabers' offensive end all the time, and by the time they get the puck, they're so exhausted from chasing, they're not even going to do anything. Not only is that happening this year, though, with the Larson line with Gergensen and Poso. But a couple of secondary goals, if you told me they're going to score every other game, and they're not quite scoring every other game, two goals in six games, every third game, that line scores, that's a lot more than I got last year out of them. It really is. That One thing about that line, Larson and Giergensen, for example, is they just don't chip in offensively enough. Oposo brings a little bit of offensive flair to that line, because I think you can m- lock down... Or you would want to be able to mark down a Poso for double-digit goals. And on a third, fourth line like that, that's exactly what you want. If you can get Girgensons and Larson also close to double-digit goals, then I think you're really talking about one of the better bottom six lines in hockey. Now, can they keep that up more than six games? That's obviously the biggest question. I think if all the things that are going right right now... The one thing that you're most, I think you might most expect to turn the other direction would be the way that Larson line is playing. I would be surprised if they play like this all season. Like they, it's almost unsustainable. They're playing so good. So they're playing like a second line to be honest, but just with a little bit less ice time. So that's another thing about this team that's just looking really good right now. That I think has to make you believe a little bit more. But at the end of the day, like when will people stop? thinking about last season. When will people really buy in and think it's for real? I think you have to get to January 1st. I do. I think you have to get to January 1st being either in a playoff spot or right there and still playing like they're playing right now before I'm ready to say this thing is for real because... Even though a lot of things look different, last year did happen and human nature. You're going to think about last year and how good they were um, in the standings and how it just all collapsed. So there's that. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. I will be back, as I said, if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning. I'm going to have a podcast out late afternoon, evening tonight. So going um, to be out about then previewing the West Coast trip, looking at the standings, looking at some other teams in the Atlantic Division, because look we'll take a little deeper look at the competition the Sabres have around the league or around the division and the conference right now. I'll be announcing details on the Locked On NHL podcast that I'll be contributing to on Tuesdays and Fridays going forward. I'll have that for you tomorrow in the episode if you don't want to wait and you want to look for that podcast. I think we might even be recording tomorrow. I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm going to figure that out tomorrow morning. Um, At WGR on Twitter. Follow me there, and I'll uh, I'll have that stuff up there. Also, follow our Locked On Sabres Twitter account if you're not already. We were trying to get that rolling a little bit here. It's at... Let me make sure I get it exactly right. It's at Locked On Sabers. That's it. At Locked On Sabers. So follow that on Twitter, and you'll keep up with all the latest uh, episodes. And I like to tweet out. I, I haven't been able to do it yet. I want to do. I'm going to do a segment. I did it once. A segment called the Complaint Department when the Sabers lose. Hasn't really happened. I, I prefer I never have to do the complaint department. But um, if the Sabres do end up losing any games going forward here, then you'll be able to uh, tweet your complaints, and you'll get them on the podcast here at Lockdown Sabers. And uh, you can tweet any thoughts you want there that you might want me to read for you on the podcast. So let me know. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Jody Biasi on the Lockdown Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.